You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays and check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered. Well, Ulysses, spring training is officially here. At least pitchers and catchers are in the intake period and doing some light workouts and such. And while this has all happened, the the computer machines, the nerds have been have been at it. The synapses are firing on their ends. The yep. the highbrow baseball websites have put out some projections and playoff Ooh. odds and divisional odds for the 2021 season without a game being played as of yet without oh you know the regular season a month and a half away where many more injuries and trades and signings and things can happen but nonetheless it is always fun to talk about with when these projections come out and these odds come out and, and things of that sort it must be nice to to know what's going to happen you know i, well, I played the season I, I would, I would, I would like this computer at my home to tell me, okay, what, what do I need to buy? What do I need to invest in? This would be really nice to have, but, but, you know, I'm sure there, there's really good stuff in these projections, Kevin, right? I mean, are, these projections give you some sort of a smile, a, a smirk, a, a chuckle. What, 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 what are these well, projections saying? For some people, it's a smile for other people. Others are, are very, very upset. And it's kind of a tale of two stories here because Two of the preeminent baseball websites, the analytically based websites out there, Baseball Prospectus and Fangraphs, recently put out their, um, their basically season, how the season will finish for every team in baseball. And the first one I think to drop was Baseball Prospectus and their Pocota projection system, which... Uh, God, what does that stand for? Oh, player empirical comparison and optimization test. Yeah, I'll just stick with Pakoda. Uh, <laughs> they project the Rays to go 86 and 76 with an 11% chance to win the, uh, the division. The rest of the ALEs, they have the Yankees going 97 and 65. The Blue Jays going 85 and 77. So finishing third in the division. The Red Sox, 80 in 82 and the Orioles 66 and 96. Now I will say that uh, we'll get to fan graphs in a second because fan seems to be the, the egregious party here. Um, yeah. I think baseball prospectus is valuing the Rays a little bit low, but they do that every year. I mean, if you go back 2018, they projected the team to win 84 games, the Rays won 90. 2019, they projected the Rays to win 86 games. The Rays won 96. 2020, they they projected the Rays to win 87 games. Of course, that was before the COVID pandemic and everything like that. And the Rays, of course, finished 40 and 20 with the best record in the American League. That would have been on pace for 108 wins. So they're, 
really, I mean, whatever Pakoda comes out with, just like add a couple of W's to the Rays. Like, okay, they, they said 86 wins for the Rays, uh, at least, you know, 88, 89, 90s, something in that ballpark. Well, I mean, if you're a longtime race fan, you should know that this is how the national media portrays and will forever portray small market teams as always wanting and never actually being a powerhouse. So we know this. We know this. We, we know that this is probably what's going to happen. Uh, so I understand that they are going to put the Yankees ahead of the race. But how is it that it's a 97 win Yankee projection? I mean, how can they actually see an 11 game difference, 11 win difference between New York and the Rays after 2020? I, I don't see uh, 11 games. I don't see you. you if they would have put four games, Kevin, maybe even a five game projection. Sure. I, right. I could listen to an argument where the Yankees are four to five games better than the Rays, but not 11. That's 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 egregious. I will, we haven't even touched fangirls, but that's egregious in and out of itself. Yeah, I think what they presume is that uh, this is assuming that Giancarlo Stanton and DJ LeMayhew and Aaron Judge and all the big stars stay healthy over the course of 162, which we know that is certainly not likely to happen. Same thing with guys like Jamison Tyon and Corey Kluber and, and all those guys. Look, I think the Yankees are definitely talented enough when healthy to win 97 sure. games if not more, but this is going to be a very, very long season. Like for players and teams alike going from 60 to 162, it might as well well be like going from 60 to 300. Like it's going to feel like even us watching all these games. Oh my God. Only in July. It feels like there's been 200 games already. What is going on here? We talked about this when I think it was mid August and the season was about to, to end. Um, or close to ending, we said, you know what? It's been really nice to know that the finish line was so close. We talked about yes. this and it was kind of enjoyable. Yes, we love the 162 well and all that, the tradition and all that. But the 60 games, uh, it was very, it was a sprint to the finish. It was very enjoyable. Every game seemed to have this magnitude surrounding it. Uh, 162, you know, let, let's talk in June when they're playing the Orioles uh, at 1 p.m. on a Sunday and it's a yeah. five-hour game. You know, that, I, that's, I can tell you that that game recap, that episode is going to be a boring episode. I can, <laughs> I can tell you flat out. I can, I can foretell into the future with that. Look, I, I'm going to bat for it. A hundred game season, hundred game, regular season in the future. Oh God. So we can really savor and appreciate baseball and say, ah, there's going to be another game tomorrow. I'll watch three innings today and two innings tomorrow. Like I, I'd really oh, keep I'll be the boomer. watching. You you want, more ba- you, you want baseball every day of the week if you could have it, and twice on Sunday. I know uh, you. You know that that's my religion. I, I, I want to see more baseball. Uh, change my, change the bad things about baseball, which we've gone over a thousand times. But no, let's go back to these predictions. Yes. Why is Fangraphs so so bad? What what did Fangraphs do, Kevin? I want to know. Yeah. Well, let me say this. Ulysses is so gung ho about baseball, he will subscribe to a Dominican league feed to watch. <laughs> raise prospects, hack it out. He's got to get some Wander <laughs> Franco in his life. Although Wander mm. only played like five games in the Dominican league. Yeah. Whatever. But you, you would pay, or you will pay a $20 subscription to, to get any, any type of baseball that you can get pretty much. Uh, um, yes. Fan. Yeah. Yes. So fan graphs. Oh my gosh. Now this is the one that, that really has 
drawn an uproar here. They project your Tampa Bay mm-hmm. Rays to win not 86 games, but 82 games. And not just that, but finish fourth place in the AL East behind, of course, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the Red Sox. They have the Red Sox projected to win 86 games. Uh, they've got the Yankees at 96, Blue Jays at 87, Rays, of course, at 82, and then Orioles will be terrible, of course, at so uh, about 63 wins. So 82 wins, fourth place AL East finish, and just an 18.6% chance to make the playoffs. Wow, that this is like taking the worst case scenario. And you know what? This could happen. This could yeah, happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the the veteran guys where you went quantity instead of quality might 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 bite you a little bit. You know, Archer gets hurt, Rich Hill doesn't is not that successful, Michael Walker does not return to his 2013 uh self. You know, there's a lot of uh, you know, comeback stories here and 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 reclamation projects where you could see that all being worst case scenario. I think right. you could also see it kind of somewhat working out. Hey, you've got Josh Fleming who was sitting pretty about a month ago saying, I got my, myself a rotation spot for sure. And then all these four signings came later and he's like, well, okay, well maybe I, I started in Durham. So I think there are also positivity um, that you, that you, that maybe Fangraphs is not taken into account uh, but yeah, yeah, 82 wins. I think that's the worst case scenario at all. So no, I don't really, um, I'm not on that boat. I, I, I've said this for a while now and I think, and I think you agree with me. I think that the Rays are between an 88 to 92 win um, path in 2021. It's going to be very similar to 2018. It's going to be right. that type of team. And we know the rotation is going to be very flux. Um, they, they've talked about that multiple times. Yeah. And it's one of those things too, where, these projection systems, they don't really, the Rays are more about depth here than top end talent. Yeah. And they're, they're not rating what they're doing here. They're not taking into account what the Rays do at the margins with all the shifts and the platoons and the openers and how they put every player or try to put every player in a position to be successful as opposed to, all right, run out the starting nine and a pitcher and here you go. And th- there's not, even though these are computer projections that they don't really go into the nuance that all they're looking at is projected stats. And, well, and that's, because that, that's what they do. And you can't just look at the numbers like that. You actually have to play the games and, and see how, how teams mix and match to find ways to win. I mean, how many times have the Rays won one run ball games and, and overcome the odds to, uh, to get where they've gotten. Yeah, but but that's not only it, though. Again, go back to the, the first thing you said there, computer projections. They just have this algorithm, which is a good algorithm for most clubs, because most clubs, you can know what they're going to do. They have this five starting five. Maybe you can see you, you can see how these two guys are going to plug in in the middle of the, uh, of the year for the rotation. You know their bullpen. Then you know their starting nine. You know that this is probably going to be the lineup. And then you know their two, five bench players that could come up throughout the week, uh, throughout the year. That's how most clubs operate. So you can make a very good algorithm for most clubs. The race are not most clubs. Right. They do the openers. They do the shifts, like you say. And then this year with the rotation in flux where you have like almost Kevin, I think there's like nine dudes who can pitch a hundred innings. 
this season. Yes. None will Assuming pitch they stay 150. Healthy. Yeah. And, and, and none will pitch 150, but they all could pitch 80 to 100 innings. So how do you tell the computer that's, uh, you know, that has this algorithm that fits 25 teams really well? Hey, no, but do the same thing for, for the race. It's going to be difficult. So obviously the projections are going to be off. They don't really have that nuance, like you say. And that's okay. If you're a race fan for a long time, you're used to this. The, the projections coming out and then being laughably wrong by the end of the season. And so that's okay. What I don't get, like, okay, if you want to write the Rays as winning 82 games or 86, 87, which I think is, you know, winning 86, 87 games, certainly, I mean, from the Pocota projections, I understand more so definitely because, I mean, a lot of things can happen. And that starts with Rich Schill, Colin McHugh, Chris Archer, Michael Waka all getting injured and Brendan McKay not recovering from his shoulder injury and, and Brent Honeywell having his... 8,000 surgery like that. That's six guys that, I mean, would you, would you be totally yeah. shocked if, you know, four or five of those guys went down with some type of extended no. injury or they or they, they don't return to the form like Rich Hill, his, his deep numbers, like his whiff rates and his, his strikeout rates that they've dropped his, his velocities dropped. Colin McHugh had a terrible 2019 Archer has been on the decline for years. Michael Walker, same thing. And you know, McKay and, and, Honeywell, they're the they're the injured duo there. So it's like it, it's the Rays have a bunch of uh, junk bonds here, penny stocks. That's what they've got. <laughs> well, you know what? GameStop, so, baby. Did they, yeah, GameStop. Did they buy at the right time? Are these stocks going to rise? Is Archer stock going to rise? And that's six point five million dollars, which seems pretty high to this day. I really honestly don't understand $6.5 million to Archer, but whatever, like maybe by the end of the season, you're like, wow, that was six and a half well spent millions of dollars on on Archer and on three on Waka and on my Q and on Rich Hill. We all hope that, but obviously these guys are question marks. None of these you can say, well, no, I actually can project exactly what Michael Waka is going to do. I can actually, I can tell you exactly what Archer is going to do. You can't really do that. And that's most of the rotation. So obviously these projections are going to be a little bit way off. What I don't get though, really the the biggest shock for me isn't necessarily where they put the raise at, but, and I guess this speaks more so to fan but how they have the Red Sox so high, like what have the Red Sox really done that takes them from being, weren't they last in the division last year? Uh, And now takes them to winning according to fan 86, 86 wins and like a 50% chance of making the playoffs. Like, what have they really, okay, they're getting Chris Sale back maybe, maybe right. by midsummer. You added Garrett Richards, who hasn't thrown, you know, more than 75 innings in six years. Eduardo Rodriguez, as good as he's been in the past, he had myocarditis last year. Yeah. Martin Perez, okay, he's had success against the Rays for whatever reason, but it, he's far from an ace. So he's a four number five starter. I, I really don't get it. I really don't get yeah. it. And uh, Kevin, um, are they expecting Hunter Renfro to now uh, be as good as Mookie Betts? I mean, in the outfield, they don't have Jackie Bradley Jr. So the defense has gone down if he doesn't come back. Yeah, they have Xander Bogarts. uh, So Devers, there's there's a lineup. They've got the good top end talent, but it's not enough of it. They don't they're not the depth isn't there, I don't think. No, it's not. And so I think obviously it's overblown proportions, but just like the Yankees too, when you are in those markets, you're always projected to be the powerhouse to be, unless it's like obvious, 
But I don't think the national media ever wants to put one of these powerhouses like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, and, you know, other franchises as well to be in the cellar for many years in a row. And I think the Red Sox uh, being so bad last year, I don't think they want to do that again to the fandom and and, and nationally too. They kind of want to pump them up uh, just because of ratings and all that. But uh, I don't see them at all being better than the race this season or next season for for, for that matter. Who knows? Maybe Hunter Renfro, Christian Arroyo, Bobby Dahlbeck. Maybe they they turn into MVP caliber players this season. I don't (laughs) think it's going to happen, but... That, that's really the only way I see how, like, yeah, I don't, I don't really get why the Red Sox are, are so high on that end. And like, even JD Martinez, like he's 33 years old. Who knows? I mean, he wasn't good last year. Terrible, terrible year. And um, so, so that was really kind of a, a head scratcher for me. Um, yeah. We got some comments from listeners on what their projected regular season win total is for the Rays in 2021. And I got to tell you, looking at these comments here, uh, Rays fans, uh, they, they think they're going to do big things this year. Uh, Joe Clark says, I'm saying about 95 to 97, but that's only if they keep the lineup the way it is currently constructed, uh, currently constructed a full season from Meadows and Lau will go a long way for this team. Not to mention KK. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, but KK, can you really expect him to play a full season? Same thing for Brandon right. Loud, too. I'm not like trying to be a troll here, but like <laughs> we have to acknowledge that. Uh, Melissa Herrera says, I'm calling 98. 98 wins! Holy what? cow! Wow! I want some of what she's having. Where can I get that? <laughs> it's the weekend, folks. <laughs> Help me out here. Uh, Matt Germain, 97 plus. Reasoning, same lineup with possible improvement in the outfield. Uh, full year of the Rosarina and COVID free meadows and at catcher Francisco Mejia with a boost from extra 40 man death, Taylor walls, Josh Lowe, Kevin Padlo, but Brujan possibly adding Wander Franco later on pitching will be fine with vets and youth mix that will be used optimally by Snyder. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I just, wow. I, are, are all of them this positive? Because I just feel like I I know that I'm always kind of conservative in projections and I'm okay with being wrong in the, on the, con, on the conservative uh, side of things. You know, if they overhype the, the project, cool, exceeded expectations. Hey, I, I'll, I'll take it. But uh, wow. These all seem very, very positive. Yeah. Uh, well, we got some more here. Dylan Spalding. This, see, this seems like a, more reasonable take, I guess. He says 90 plus if pitching is good, 85 plus if not. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, to expect 95, 96, 97, 98 wins seems to me kind of pie in the sky, but who knows if if every other team in baseball has bodies dropping like flies and the fact that the Rays do have so much depth on their 40, man, that they're able to withstand, even if they're not like totally ready for the show, but it's better than what team X, Y, or Z is offering. I could certainly (laughs) see it, but I mean, the Yankees seemingly have gotten better. Uh, The blue Jays have gotten better. The Red Sox. Well, I don't think they're as good as the projection systems. They, they have on paper, Improved. The they Orioles will still good suck, lineup. but I think you know winning games in the division is going to be tougher this year, just by product of what's happened this off season with with what those other those other teams have gotten better too. And we're not the even Orioles so have sure gotten the better. Have gotten better. Yeah, even the Orioles have gotten better. So no, I agree with you. It's it's going to be tough. But um, uh, look, 
if there's positivity in race fandom, that's just, that just means that the, the spring training is a bloom. We're all happy. I, I don't see 96, 97, 98. Again, 88 to 92 is what I'm, is what I'm seeing right yeah. now. Just think of 2018 and that's what I think of 2021. I agree. I agree. Uh, Austin Holloway says around 95 to 96 and dimes wow. TV, 95 wins, man. Wow. Holy cow. They are drinking the Kool-Aid guys. They are drinking the, the blue. I want the Kool-Aid. Blue and orange Kool-Aid. Give me the blue and orange. I'm, 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 what am I sitting here? I'm sitting with cold black coffee with, you know, mildew. I, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, am I being too pessimistic? I want to know. I want to hear from the, from, from, from Melissa and Austin and, and Matt Germain and, and Paulson, like, one, I want an essay. I want to read this positivity and, and believe it. Yeah, I uh, look, I, I don't think it's pessimistic. I think it's realistic. I think that's the way to put it. So, I'm being realistic. Okay. And I'm well, sure we'll, that's we'll, everybody's opinion, right? Everybody thinks that they're realistic. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. Not really the truth, though, for sure. Uh, okay, <laughs> we've got more. Uh, I mean, this is going to be, we'll be talking about a lot of raised baseball stuff throughout spring training, a lot of things to get to. Um, but it's a Friday, which means baseball <gasps> trivia, yes. baseball trivia. And Ulysses, I think you're going to do very well on this one. So am I going to get, get 98 wins for that? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> on go. pace for, for 108, 98, whatever it is. All right. But first we got to tell you about a couple of our good friends bet online. Mm-hmm. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action football might be over, but the NBA college basketball and the NHL are in full swing Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV real time, updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine Bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. So Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Also, use that promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N. Many times we've talked about Built Bar, which I like to call the greatest protein bar company on the planet. Uh, they have a very special treat for you today. They are having a flash sale for the coconut puff bar. That's a new one. Mm. Luscious chocolate, soft marshmallow, made with premium collagen protein blend. Heck, during this live read, I might go and, and type up and, and go ahead and place my order as I'm doing this live read in real time. I'm already like doing it amped for this coconut puff bar. That, that's like a that's like a 98 win protein bar, right? There you there. go. Uh, 16 grams of protein, 130 calories, and just six grams of sugar. Gluten free, preservative free. Again, limited time only. One day sale. Order now at builtbar.com, and use that promo code locked on. L O C K E D O N. Okay, Ulysses. It is a Friday, of course, which means baseball trivia time and. Not sure if you heard, but uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is now a rich man and will be a rich man <laughs> for a very long time as he signed yes. uh, one of the largest contract extensions in MLB history, measuring 14 years and $340 million. Um, mm-hmm. So my question to you ties into this. 
I have in front of me a list of the 10 largest extensions in Major League history uh, in order of total dollars. So 10 largest extensions by dollar figure in MLB history. I'll give you a little hint here. Fernando Tatis is number three on this list. I want you to name five other players. Five of the top 10, which I guess technically would be six because Tatis is in Stanton. Uh, yeah, what's his first name? Uh, <laughs> which time? Uh, Giancarlo. <laughs> Giancarlo Stanton is number four. Yes, signed a 13-year, $325 million extension with the Marlins at the time. Not the Yankees, but the Marlins, surprisingly. So the Rays can do it too. Maybe, probably not though. Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich just sneaked in number 10 on the list, signing uh, an extension with the Brewers. Seven years, $188.5 million. Uh, Mr. Still number one on uh, MLB's top 100 players, Mike Trout. Uh, Mike Trout is number two on this list, of course, a 10-year, $360 million extension with the LA Angels. Have yet to make the or really do anything in the playoffs with him on the roster, but that's neither here nor there. So, yeah, so you've got three so far. Uh, Mookie Betts with the LA Dodgers. Number one on this list, 12 years, 365 million. Uh, Miguel Cabrera with the Detroit Tigers. Number five on the list, eight years, 248 million. You want to keep going? You don't have a strike yet. You're just hitting bombs. This is like a home run (laughs) derby here. Felix Hernandez with the Seattle Mariners. Uh, no, not on this list. Not in the top ten. Uh, strike one. You know what? Uh, I'm just gonna leave it there, bud. Okay. I did my job. Boom. You did. Down. Very good. Uh, and you got them all before your first strike. So, man, I, w- I was starting to get like Josh Hamilton chills there with with what you're doing then. <laughs> Uh, no, no one no, Aaron I, I, no, Yeah, that was that was more. Uh, you know, Bobby Abreu, not, not okay. Josh Hamilton. I was doing my Bobby Abreu home run derby. That was oh man. I, I got gotcha. you, man. What year was that? Two thousand five. Yeah, I don't know how I pulled that out of my butt. Good memory. But <laughs> oh my gosh, it was probably one of the only years I was watching the home run derby because I really have not watched it since. Uh, yeah, same. Movie, so. Um, Nolan Arenado, number six on the list, seven years, 234 mil. Joey Votto, number seven, 10 years, 225 mil. Clayton Kershaw, number eight, seven years, 215 mil. Number nine, this was a long, long time ago, 20 years ago to be exact when this happened. Derek Jeter signing that 10-year, $189 million extension. Remember when that was like, man, that is a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Now guys it's are a doubling that offer. for all It's a qualifying of offer. 18 mil. 18 mil a year. Yeah. Okay, baseball players, stop stop crying poor here. Well, the, the if, you're, if you're an elite, <laughs> if you are one of the top 25 baseball players, you are getting paid. If you're a mid-tier guy, a, a one-war player. Which most are. Which yeah. most baseball players are. It's ridiculous, it, you know. But, uh, you know, it's crazy how they claim poverty. Uh, the owners do, and then they're able to sign a 14-year extension with yeah preeminent talent. Do you think it you really know, didn't I, need to happen? I mean, they still had Tatis for four under four years of control, and they still probably the dude hasn't even played 
162 games. Kevin didn't have to do this, but you know what? It's good for the fandom to rejoice and yeah. be happy. Wouldn't okay? Wouldn't Rays fans be really excited if on Monday? Let, let's say actually no. Let's say Monday evening, so we can do a pod on Tuesday uh, about it. Uh, they sign Wander Franco to an Acuna type extension, or a Eloy Jimenez, or uh, insert Robert. name Evan Longoria. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Luis Robert, uh, something like that. Braves fans would be delighted. They would be so happy to know that this next generational talent would be available for them to see for five, six years. That'd be amazing. Absolutely. And I got to say, it is kind of cool that Tatis is signing and staying with a quote-unquote small market team or not one of at least the Blue Bloods such as the Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, whatever it may be there. So at least that's a good sign from that standpoint. I I heard rumors that now that Tatis has signed that deal, that Ronald Acuna Jr. is upset with his $100 million over eight-year deal. Wouldn't you? I I mean, looking back on it, yes, yes, but – um, his deal also is much shorter, so he still has an opportunity in free agency eight sure. years from now or seven years from now, whatever it is, to to cash in again and maybe get a $150 million deal or whatever it may be. I I, I guess the average annual value, uh, I guess it's, it's still pretty big difference. I'd have to do some quick math. I mean, everybody Ronald knew Cunha Jr. should just yes. at the time. It was it was like, what? You got him for 100 mil? That you know that that's the difference between needing money to secure your yeah. family's you know uh, well-being and the other one being hey my dad's a former major league yes that is true and anything can happen I mean yeah next week you could you could get in a car accident and your baseball career is over so having that there security there's something to be said for that for sure um, I don't know why I okay because Fernando Tatis Jr. signed this deal with the Padres. I've got to name that war ending the show with a name that war. Okay. Mr. Padre himself, Padre legend, Ooh. Tony Gwynn. May he rest oh, in man. peace. Um, what is his career war? Oh, this is going to be, Oh, this is going to be embarrassing if I don't get it right. Okay. So let's, let's, let's do some, some good quick math here. If he was, a mid 20 20 year legend i'm gonna say he was in the in the league for 20 years uh then he probably had like 15 seasons of being a 4.5 win player four to five win player that would be like close to 70 wins and then you put because I don't th- I think he was known for his glove at all. And, and then Ward takes that into account, the defensive positioning that you have. So then uh, I would say another five years of like 370, so 515, so that'd be 785 war. I'm going to, that's going to be my first shot. 85 war. Uh, not a bad guess. I'll give you one more. I think you're you're still you're shooting a little bit high there with Tony Gwynn. I would have guessed probably around that number, but okay. a little bit high. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, so instead of four point five, let's go to four for fifteen. So then that brings him to sixty, and then another five years of maybe 
two to three, that'd be 15 and 75. So let's go with 73 war. Okay, that's much better. His career war, according to baseball reference, 69.2 okay. for the Hall of Famer. 15-time All-Star, seven-time Silver Slugger, five-time Gold Glove. So I guess he did have a little bit of a Gold Glove. He did, I guess. Earlier yeah. in his career, eight-time batting title, uh, 338 career batting average, uh, the legendary Tony Gwynn. By the way, uh, this is a long, long prop bet, but does uh, <laughs> Fernando Tatis Jr. finish with a higher career war than Tony Gwynn when it's all said and done? Oh, 15, my goodness. 20 years from now. Uh, it's going to be difficult. He just turned 22, and he's at 7.0 war right now. He does play a premium position, though. He does have the speed component. So 60. So he, so he needs at least 60 war more. So that means that he would need 15 years of being a four-war type player. That's going to be difficult. He has, obviously, the talent to, to do so, and the 300-plus The Padres are paying him to do that. <laughs> Padres are betting that he can do this. So, yeah, uh, I think he could do it. Everything's about health, though. Everything's about health. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how these uh, contracts are, like, if it's a straight, okay, you're going to make 24 mil per year every year. What what these teams have to do is they've got to find, if they're going to work these contracts, especially the free agent contracts, they need to make it, more of a descending format after you turn maybe 30, 31, 32 to where you're not paying a guy who's not giving you $24 million worth of production that like I'd pay, give Fernando Tatis like $40 million this year now, yeah, $35 million of the next five years. And then, okay, five years from now, it's going to drop down to to 20, then 15, then 10, whatever it may be. Like Evan Longoria, he's not playing like the, whatever his contract is. Of course, showing as of right now. So, just some- which I mean, honestly, wouldn't that also benefit them? Like, hey, if you haven't gotten a ring at 32, you want a ring. So, right. the fact that you're making 45 mil and not really producing that much, we can't put people around you that could get you a ring. So that now you're stuck in an, on a seller team, seller dwelling team, earning 40 million dollars, and everybody looking at you like, oh yeah, this yes. wasted old man around, you know. So, yeah, uh, that would help. But I don't think players also want to be paid in a decreasing type. Right. It's like, well, why am I going to put that much effort into it? You're you're paying me less. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Well, I'm showing up to spring training a little bit out of shape. I'm I'm having a beer after the third inning. Hello. Um, See you guys later. No, wait, but but this is, they're they're not Boston pitchers, Kevin. They're not Boston pitchers. So they don't do the, the my club ultras in the seventh inning with, with some Kentucky fried chicken or some uh, Bojangles or whatever it is. Or Wade Boggs. Who knows? There you go. Uh, Yeah. We'll have to look, there's a lot of, man, I'm not even going to go there. Look, let's just say that that's for, that's for Ray's unfiltered. Uh, But I do want to say something. I am admiring these race fans with the 96, 97, and 8, and 98 win seasons. That honestly, good positivity, good hey, for race good. fans to, to, to put that out there. I, I, I love it. I'm not going to be in that camp. You know that I'm not going to be in that camp. I, I want to be surprised at being wrong. I, I like being shown wrong when it's the good thing. And I know that's a very cheap thing to be, but you know, whatever, I, that's, that's the way I operate. Exceed my expectations and it's, 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 it's cherry on top.
hey, at least there's some reason and hope and some optimism out there. We could mm-hmm. always be Pirates fans or we could always <laughs> yeah. be Orioles fans or Tigers fans or Rangers right. fans or Rockies fans or Marlins Oof. fans. Although I think the Marlins will be better than yeah. what uh, Fangraphs thinks. I mean, that, that rotation is yeah. pretty solid there. So, all right. Uh, very good. Um, as a reminder, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Rays. Now play your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.